And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Kicking off week 14 with a look at Thursday Night Football on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone, welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Thursday, December 10th. I am Mike Beller, I am here as always with Derek Van Riper. DVR Fantasy Football Playoffs get underway not only this week, but later today when the Patriots and Rams get together for Thursday Night Football. How you doing to start the day? Doing great, trying to make a run in the fishbowl. Had a great week 13, just trying to build on that and, and have a shot at the title. Beautiful. Bring home a, a trophy for the athletic trophy case. I uh, like that quite a bit. That would be very fun to see. Um, you know, I sort of hope you don't have anyone that you really want to lean on in this Thursday night game because you look at these two teams and I think it could be maybe not the greatest fantasy game. Let's dive into it. Rams and Patriots get things started on week 14. Uh, Rams are six and a half point favorites. 45 and a half is the over under in this game. You're definitely playing Robert Woods. You're definitely playing Cooper Cup. That goes without saying. I think those are probably the only no doubt starters in this game. So let's look at the Patriots side of things. Cam Newton, Damian Harris, interesting enough guys. Jacoby Myers has been in and out of fantasy lineups this season. Is there anyone on New England's side of the ball you would say you are starting without reservation? I'm starting Myers, but he's definitely with reservation. I mean, in the fishbowl, it's a deep league, huge rosters, 11 starting players because of all the different flex combinations that you can use. And you could probably talk me out of it with a <laughs> persuasive argument if you really tried, but um, I think part of what gives me a little bit of hope for Jacoby Myers is that running routes mostly out of the slot, I think he'll avoid Jalen Ramsey a little bit, so that gives him at least a chance of putting up a decent line for me. Again, he's probably the worst player in my starting lineup, and I would definitely try and stay away from him in your more traditional 10 and 12 team leagues, even where you're starting three receivers, I think. He's probably very fringy for the top 30 among receivers because of this matchup as a whole. That Rams defense is just tough. Yeah, I think it's really hard to get in on Cam Newton or Damian Harris. I mean, we know the, the facts with Cam Newton, right? I mean, you're basic, he's, he's a running back. I mean, you're hoping for the running production. He has five passing touchdowns and 11 rushing touchdowns this season. So you are banking on the rushing, and you'll take whatever he does through the air. It's pretty remarkable that we could talk about it like that, but it's just a fact. He's been south of 100 yards, not 200 yards, South of 100 yards in both of the last two games. And those have both been Patriots win, so they can win like that. I mean, we've seen that from them. So uh, you really need the rushing touchdown. And with this Rams defense, it's just not really a defense that I want to test. It's definitely possible that you could be in on Cam Newton and just not have a better quarterback. Like, I would probably play him over Mitch Trubisky. You know, people like that, I still think he factors into the like low-end QB2 mix. I think that's where he stands, somewhere in the maybe QB17 to QB22 range. Uh, but I would hope that 
I'm able to do better. If I have to play him, I have to play him, and I don't absolutely hate it, but I would hope that I'm able to do better. And the same goes for Damian Harris, frankly. It's just we know how uh, screwy this backfield can be. We know that Damian Harris isn't going to have a role in the passing game, and it's just hard to imagine him getting to starter-worthy numbers against the Rams' defense without scoring a touchdown. I totally buy that he could have – 16, 18 carries in this game. I don't think that's an issue. I think that he could get you 60, 70, even 80 yards. I just don't think he's going to have a blow-up yardage game where you're fine with what he does without him scoring a touchdown. So that's why I think both he and Cam Newton fall into that group of guys who I'm not running away from. I don't think they're absolute must-bench players, but I would be hunting around my starting lineups before I committed to either of them. On the other side of this game, I think the questions are a little bit more interesting. Let's start with Jared Goff. Where are you on Jared Goff this week? I'm a little higher on him than I am on Cam Newton, but also I'm probably looking for another route if I can find one. Yeah, I would say Goff is probably just in the bottom half of quarterback rankings this week. I mean, the overall numbers this season are okay, not great. 7.5 yards per attempt, 17 TDs against 10 picks. does have three rushing TDs, which has kind of quietly nudged that per game average a little higher than it should be for a guy that's throwing the ball the way he is. So... I don't think this is a matchup that I'm shying away from as much as I was running away from the Patriots a year ago, but Jared Goff is just a steady quarterback two most weeks, and that doesn't really excite me in this matchup. I think week 15 for Jared Goff against the Jets looks outstanding, so if you can make it through week 14 with someone from the wire or your other quarterback, I think there's a really good chance Goff's in your lineup for that matchup against the Jets and possibly during championship week against the Seahawks. Yeah, for what it's worth on these two quarterbacks, Jake Seeley, our rankings guru, of course, has uh, Cam Newton at QB 21 for the week and Jared Goff at QB 24. And I might mix things up. Like, he's got Goff one spot behind Tua Tungavailoa. I think I would play Goff over Tungavailoa. Uh, he's got Newton one spot behind Mitch. As I said, I would probably play Newton over Mitch, but it's basically splitting hairs. I think both of these guys show up as low-end QB twos this week. And if you have to play him, you have to play him. But you're looking for a different way to go. Cam Akers is the biggest question in this one because we saw the big volume last week 21 carries turned it only into 72 yards did score a touchdown but you love the 21 carries we do have to say that part of that was driven by Daryl Henderson being out uh, for a portion of the game while the training staff tended to a knee issue that ultimately he was able to return from in that game Uh, it's very hard we never know exactly what way this backfield is going to go you factor in a Patriots defense that might not be the Patriots defense of recent years but still not a pushover of a unit and I think Cam Akers is also in that same group just at the running back position where I'll play him but I'm not going to be feeling as though it's a slam dunk when this game kicks off tonight yeah I don't feel great about Henderson he's actually one of the alternatives that I could play in the fishbowl where Jacoby Myers is currently in my lineup so I'm curious if you'd play Myers over Henderson, or if you'd even play someone like Traquan Smith or Marquez Valdez-Scantling in that spot instead, because they're all pretty inconsistent, relative Mm -hmm. unknowns with respect to their roles in their offenses. So I feel like I'm taking a pretty big chance regardless of who I choose. I think you are too. You have you have Akers or Henderson as your Rams back? I have Henderson. I'd feel a lot better about Akers. I'd yeah, play Akers yeah. over Myers, but Henderson, yeah. even with the injury limiting how much he played last week, you have to wonder if Akers took a larger share of the job going forward, if it's more of an even split than a backfield that previously leaned a little bit more towards Henderson earlier this season. Yeah, I think that Akers, I think I think we have to make that assumption 
with Akers and Henderson, I wouldn't play Henderson. I would rather have Myers in there than Henderson, although I would probably, of all the guys you named, go with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and it is based entirely on Green Bay's offense, on Aaron Rodgers, and the matchup that they have with the Detroit Lions. I mean, I can't say that it's because of Valdez-Scantling. I mean, he got another stare of daggers from Aaron Rodgers last <laughs> week after a, a drop on what could have been like a 70-yard play. So can't feel great about him, but I do feel great about the Packers in that matchup and Aaron Rodgers against the Lions. So that's the route I would go. And basically what it drives home once again, is exactly what we started with. Robert Woods, all systems go. Cooper Cup, all systems go. Everyone else in this game, you might want to think twice about. Daniel Jones getting some good news on uh, Wednesday. It sounds as though he is going to be able to play after missing one game with the hamstring injury uh, uh, last week with uh, Colt McCoy filling in for him. Daniel Jones back at practice on Wednesday. Joe Judge already sounding confident like he's going to be able to go against the Cardinals. Daniel Jones, easy guy for me to play over Cam Newton and Jared Goff. Easy guy for me to want to wait on, and then I'll figure it out if suddenly Daniel Jones can't go. Uh, For you, what does a team that is going to start Daniel Jones look like? Like, who is he starting over, and who is he behind for you? If you were in a Daniel Jones, Jared Goff situation, maybe a deeper league where you've been mixing and matching those guys, Jones and Matthew Stafford, Jones and Phillip Rivers, I mean, you really were pretty negligent about your quarterback situation all season (laughs) and somehow made the fantasy playoffs, maybe because the investments you made at other positions all sort of paid off. I think that'd be the kind of situation where I would prefer Jones. Our friend Jake Seeley has Jones ranked 15th among quarterbacks this week, I think because of his rushing ability, and just because Arizona can be a little bit shootout prone, that gives me a little more confidence in Jones than some of those other guys that I mentioned. But I'm still not feeling great about it because it's a mixed bag from Jones. Like Without his floor as a runner, he'd probably struggle to crack the top 20 among quarterbacks most weeks. Yeah, so you mentioned that Jake's got him at QB 15. I would not be starting Jones ahead of any of the 14 guys Jake has over him. The three guys immediately behind him are Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, Phillip Rivers. Let's throw a fourth guy in there too, Teddy Bridgewater. I would play Stafford and Bridgewater over Daniel Jones personally. I would still play Jones over Hurts. I would still play Jones over Rivers. But I would rank Stafford and Bridgewater ahead of him. So I guess that makes him uh, QB 17 for me. And again, I think a fair spot for him coming back. You really do need that rushing. Just like we talk about with Cam Newton, just like we talk about with, you know, maybe to a different degree, Taysom Hill. You need that rushing if Daniel Jones is going to give you a meaningful fantasy game. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Derek, we talk a little bit about the uh, Lions and Packers matchup from the Packers' perspective. Let's look at it from the other side of this game. DeAndre Swift practice on a Wednesday. Daryl Bevel sounding very confident that the rookie will be able to get back after missing a handful of games because of uh, first a concussion and then symptoms related to the concussion. It is an excellent matchup. We know that to be the case. Uh, the Packers, whether they win games by Two touchdowns, three touchdowns, and the games they've lost and the games that have been close, whatever it's been, the one constant has, or the two constants have been Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams and the Packers giving up rushing yards and letting running backs get going against them. So I think you're definitely starting Swift if he goes, and this is a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff, so not going to have to worry about any games there. But how concerned would you be about Adrian Peterson's presence behind him? Not too concerned. I mean, I think if the Lions are willing to risk the health of DeAndre Swift at this point in their season, they must feel pretty good about using him as much as they want to use him. And I think before the concussion, he was tracking toward becoming that 20-touch-per-week running back that we all hoped he would be. Their offense is at its best when they get him more touches. So I see Peterson as more of just a complimentary player. We talked about I think Peyton Barber on yesterday's show as a guy that is going to have increased opportunities because of the Antonio Gibson injury. I still see Peterson very similar to Peyton Barber. He could vulture a TD. He could end up with a dozen carries. I don't see him getting much more than that, especially in a script where the Lions are big underdogs on Sunday. Yeah. Hopefully he gets involved in the passing game with DeAndre Swift as well. Uh, it does feel like he's going to be the guy who is totally script independent so long as he's able to go. One more topic here. It is the Baltimore backfield. Uh, we saw this team get over 200 yards rushing in their win over the Cowboys, but they did it in typical Baltimore fashion. You had the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, leading the way, at least in terms of total production, yards, and touchdowns. Then it was a mixed bag. J.K. Dobbins, the one fantasy guy we really want to believe in, 11 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown. Gus Edwards, seven carries for 101 yards. Mark Ingram, six carries for 28 yards. We caveat this by saying it was all against a very bad Dallas defense. They will get a different look against the Browns in Cleveland this week. You're not playing Edwards. You're not playing Ingram. But are they a big enough fly in the ointment to not want to play Dobbins? No, I don't think so. I think Dobbins is pretty safely a top 20 running back for me at this point. I think the ceiling is incredibly high. He can do a lot on a per-touch basis. He's going to be involved as a pass catcher. Uh, Cleveland, I think, is one of those teams, like they have a good real-life defense when everyone's healthy, but they still can leak points. They can still leak mm -hmm. yardage. I think the Ravens' MO is to kind of focus on the running game anyway, so I think this is a great spot for J.K. Dobbins to really start to run away with the Ravens' backfield. That Cowboys game on Tuesday was very odd in terms of the distribution. I don't expect it to be a three-headed monster in this matchup against the Browns. 
I'm with you here. You know, I, I wish one of those guys was going to be out of the picture. It really stinks that you could be looking at a game where Edwards plus Ingram results in more carries for them than it does for Dobbins, just like it did a week ago. But I still think that you're going to want to have J.K. Dobbins in there. I think you've got it right. So right, right around running back 20, especially with the running back landscape looking the way it is, feels like a fair spot for J.K. Dobbins. And there is always the possibility of a blow-up, given his talent playing alongside Lamar Jackson. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. It is the gift-giving season. We want you to do it right here at The Athletic. Right now, if you're not a subscriber, you can get yourself a subscription and one for free to gift to a friend, a family member, anyone of your choosing. To get that, go to theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day.